Welcome to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to inspire you to stand on the Word of God and to help you build unshakable and unstoppable faith in Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Dr. Kazumba. Shalom and welcome to Unstoppable Faith. This is uh, Doc here. On today's program, I have a very interesting man of God who's going to be sharing. And the topic we'll be looking at is uh, start where you are. How God meets you in your mess, loves you through it, and leads you out of it. Let me tell you briefly about my guest today, Rashawn Copeland once sat in his room holding a gun in his mouth despite having money romantic relationships and a flashy lifestyle others envied he was still miserable instead of his life ending that night through a god-ordained encounter via through via social media the next phase of Copeland's life of turning it all over to God began. Today, he is an online pastor, host of the Scriptural and Stories podcast, founder of I Am So Blessed Daily and Without Hose Ministries, a writer for church leaders, God TV, and the God's Not Dead blog. He also saves on the Life Church, Vision Bible app team. He's a graduate of the University of Central Oklahoma, and he's currently heading his Master's uh, uh, in Divinity at Liberty, Liberty University. He lives in Oklahoma City with his wife, Denise, and they are three beautiful children. We'll be right back with my guest. Stay tuned. Why is it so hard to start? How did we get so stuck? What is the way out of this mess? Deep down, we're all longing for more, desperate for hope, fighting for joy. Deep down, we were made for more, saved to be brave. And oftentimes, our problems hold us down and our past holds us back. We're stuck in the way we think, we're stuck in the way we act or stuck in the way we communicate with one another. We're stuck in the way we relate to one another. Imagine if we take our focus off who we used to be into who we're becoming. Imagine if we focus on God's best instead of the mess in our lives. I wish someone would have told me I could start where I was. I could start with anxiety. I could start with depression. I can start with pain and shame and guilt. I can start with even suicidal thoughts and God will take me where I need to be. That will change the trajectory of my life. You are not too far to be reached. You are not too dirty to be cleansed. You are not too broken to be fixed. You are not too unworthy to be loved. 
But at some point, someone told us we weren't good enough. And if you think about it, we hear the lies all the time. We're not smart enough. We're not strong enough. We're not cute enough. We start to fixate our eyes on the mess that we miss the whole message. And this is why many of us are stuck in the grave of our guilt instead of coming alive in grace. Listen, guys, grace robbed the grave. We don't have to be no longer slaves. But sadly, we use things like I'm stuck as a empty punchline or a weak excuse. We protect ourselves from our darkness being exposed to the light. Because we're not perfect, we live in fear that our past will come back to haunt us. But I want to tell you, God has a greater purpose for your life. We all have this inner longing demanding us to start afresh again. We can rise and move forward into the new, or we can fall back into the old. The most powerful way to respond to a messy past is to look past your past unto a miraculous, merciful God. Listen, no matter where you are, in anxiety, in the midst of, you know, depression or pain, shame, guilt or condemnation, you can start there and God will take you where you need to be. And the miracle isn't that God just wants to meet you in your mess, but the miracle is that he loves you through it and he joyfully wants to lead you out of it. Start with anger, start with lust, start with jealousy, start where you are and he'll take you where you need to be. Welcome back, welcome back. Like I promised, I have a great man of God on this program, and I want to welcome him to the program. Welcome, Rashawn Copeland. How are you, my brother? Hey, what's up, Doc? Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited, man. That was quite the introduction. I really appreciate you, and I'm pumped, humbled to be on the show. It's a great honor for me to have you on this program today. Man, I am so excited. I spent uh, a lot of time just, you know, going through your book and uh, just uh, what God is doing in your life. And I'm so excited about uh, the next phase of uh, this episode of Unstoppable Faith because you got a lot a lot to offer. Uh, uh, briefly, just tell us about uh, your journey of following God. Well, yeah, years ago, I was a man far from God who needed to be close to him, but I just didn't know how. You know, everyone told me that my mess was too messy for God years ago, and I even thought that. And that's one of the greatest lies I believe all of us can believe is that we're beyond the reach of God. Uh, God's grace reaches out to us through his son, Jesus. And I remember, again, being far from him. I remember years ago in high school, trying to find a way to fill the void in my heart. You know, I would use alcohol, drugs, weed, women, whatever it took to fill this void in my heart. Needless to say, it came crashing down on me one day uh, whenever I was at this park after dark, you know, hanging out with this young lady. Um, and all of a sudden, this car peels in, this van peels in, these guys jump out of the car, they're walking towards us, and I, I, I'm scared out of my mind because I don't know what's about to happen. And come to find out, it was the ex-boyfriend ex of the girl that I was in the car with, and these guys were coming towards us, and I jump out the car fearfully and privately to go fight these guys. One of them pulled out a pistol and I go to run. I slip and I fall and he stands over me. He looks down and he goes, boom, boom, two gunshots ring out. And I remember just being that being the cataclysmic moment 
uh, the defining moment in my life where I knew I needed Christ. I needed God because at the end of the day, I was about to lose my life. And, you know, and I just didn't know another way out, man. And, you know, God answered my cry at my lowest moment. And I started where I was. So I want people to know they can start where they are and God will take them where they need to be. My, my second question here, uh, social media is a huge area of ministry for you. What's yeah. unique about ministering to people in that space? Going well, by your own yeah. testimony. Beautiful. Well, social media has given us access to people all over in a given moment. I just think it's so valuable because uh, one, it's we're living in the fastest uh, communication shift since the printing press. You know, radio was killed by TV. TV was killed by online, the internet, and social media is like that evolving piece that we all need to be involved and engage in because, um, you know, everyone's attention is there. So I think it's just so vital that we as the church, we all uh, put our hands in to the plow and get on social media and get engaged in social media. Here is one other question I have for you, my brother. What are some re some reasons people may have a hard time believing God, accept, and uh, uh, that God loves them and they accept them? Yeah, you know, that's one thing I wrestle with. Um, when I think about it, if someone would come up to me and tell me that no sin is too dark or no heart is too broken for God to redeem and restore, or so, I would be like, what? Like, first and foremost, why would any God who is sovereign, omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing, all-seeing, and infinite in wisdom and knowledge and understanding, why would any God like that want any dealings with a fragile human being like me? And I think that goes back to the mystery of the gospel is that God, he, he, he loves us so much that he demonstrated by sending his son, like he showed proof is in the pudding of his love for us and it was by nothing we did but everything he is and everything he did for us so it makes it a lot easier when we believe that one the gospel is a mystery but number two that good news is not the end mark but it's the person of jesus and what he's done for us that makes it that good news available to us so does it i hope that makes sense like yeah, God, God did everything for us on our behalf. For us to believe in him, it changes everything. Why is conviction so much more important than being cool? Because people want to be cool. Why is conviction so much more important than being cool? Uh, you know, this is something that really has grown on me a lot. You know, especially since I can't come to Christ. The big thing that used to drive me into my problems was because I was the cool guy. I was, I had that, I felt that pull to be cool all the time, to be all things to all people all the time. And I can't help but to think like the beauty that was seen even through people like Martin Luther King's life and so many other like bon, Diedrich Bonhoeffer. And they were people not compromised. They didn't compromise for the culture, but they, led a life that was full of conviction. Yeah, conviction is so much more important than being cool because we're called to conviction as believers. When we follow the Holy Spirit, 
and not the applause of men to please and to please men, it changes everything. It changes the compass of our life. And I believe for me personally, one of the pools to be cool was because I wanted to be popular. And if I look in the scripture, scripture is clear, you know, we're not called to be famous, but we're called to be faithful. And Amen. I used to, try to compete with God for his glory, you know, and that led me to a miserable spot. And we're called for an audience of one, not the not an audience for all. You know what I'm saying? So yes. I just think it's so important to go back to the place where like sort of Moses was. I think in the book of Hebrews eleven twenty-five, um, it speaks on Moses chose to share in the oppression of God's people rather than the fleeting pleasures of sin. He didn't want he didn't feel as though, you know, the things that this world offers, including the approval of men was better than Christ. And I want to be there where Moses is, a man of conviction. That is, you know, really powerful, you know, because we strive many times to try and become popular, try to become famous, but uh, really that doesn't matter as long as we save faithfully. You hate that yes. phrase as you're listening to this. Okay, we can dwell on that. I think you have a big teaching on that. We can dwell on that all day, but let's go to another one here. How can we learn to be expressions of God's faithfulness where God has placed us? Beautiful. I think, ah, uh, man, by this people will know you're my disciples, that you love one another. I think laying our lives down and truly dying to ourselves, picking up our cross and following Jesus will be that chief expression of God's glory in our lives, even in the mundane things. Like for a mom to wake up in the morning, to change those babies' diapers, to, you know, clean the house and do the dishes like those are quote unquote mundane tasks in the side of the world but those are glorious beautiful tasks you know that has gifted her to do and i would just say in those little things she's glorifying god so, so um even a dad you know you going out um into the world doesn't make you this this sort of uh just because of the level of what you're doing and how great you feel you're doing it out in the world doesn't compare to privately loving your wife well, taking care of your children, and you know having a devotion to God, then going out. So it just starts in the house and then it flows out into the world. So I think to glorify God in the secret place and then we go out into the world and allow him to show his glory, what we've done in secret out in the world, you know? But let's go to this one here. What you know? Um, what does it look like to wait on God and uh, do it well? Because uh, you know, part of being faithful where you are at is uh, to really learn how to wait on God to use you where you are at. So I want to find out from you what does it look like to wait on God and do it well where you are at. Beautiful. So we all are waiting for the next thing. We're waiting for the next relationship. We're waiting for the next job. Uh, even the next thing to come in on Amazon, you know, that next package you just ordered. We're always waiting. And I think what um, literally is one of our biggest problems is that we are a, mi a microwave people. But yeah. The problem is we serve a crockpot guy, mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't move on our time. God is a God of decency, timing, and order. 
So I think it's important to understand that the big part of us that wants to hurry up and, and rush into the next thing needs to rely and trust that, that God is, this hymen is perfect. And we can just wait and trust that he's going to fulfill whatever he's promised us, you know, in his timing. Wow. That is, that is, that is powerful, bro. That is powerful. My goodness. Amen. It brings us to this question I have. How does God rename us when we begin to follow him? Beautiful. So I remember me personally, um, I had many nicknames before I came to Christ. I was the liar. I was the cheater. Wow. Um, I was the womanizer. I had so many names that I gave myself that people gave me that the enemy was screaming in my mind and heart. But there's something so beautiful as you're reading through the text, you're reading through the word of God. When you're born again, you become a new creation in Christ. Uh, there's this, uh, you're my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. Just as Christ was beloved, whenever John the Baptist baptized him in the water, the heaven, and, and God spoke that word of affirmation and love to him, in the same way we can receive that as sons and daughters. So I just want someone out there to know that you are not, the sum of your mistakes and the sum of your past, but you're a miraculous work in progress. You are a work in progress. That that I feel, uh, that's my story, bro. I've, I, you know, the Lord, some of us, we shouldn't do what we do. We shouldn't be where we are. But the Lord picks picked us up just like your story. That's why I love your testimony so much. Now, that brings me to this here. Why is it important to practice kindness, especially towards those we disagree or don't get along with? Yeah, so kindness is so important. Kindness and being nice is two totally different things. Apostle Paul demonstrated this well. There would be times he would speak, you know, firmly, but it was always in love. So uh, speaking the truth in love, Ephesians chapter uh, 4, I believe, goes into something that we just don't bring, you know, the love aspect, you know, without truth. But it's also important that we don't just bring truth without love. I believe, you know, truth is a hammer when it's not led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit always is patient, it's kind, it's self-seeking, it keeps no records of wrongs. Like, literally, it doesn't boast. It's not arrogant. There's so many different things uh, that, you know, the world tells us um, as far as what it looks like to be kind or to be yeah, nice. But it's so important that we look back to the scriptures and see who is God as kindness. You know, kindness is telling us even the Ten Commandments, you know, because it keeps us the boundaries in our lives, you know, and it's to protect us, not to just keep us from, you know, doing all these different laundry list of things, but it's to watch out for us and to keep boundaries on our lives to protect us. But that's God being kind and that doesn't hold back any words, you know, it doesn't make it's words, but, uh, and I think Jesus was so kind when he said, you have heard it said, you know, you shouldn't, shouldn't commit adultery. But I say, if you even look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've mm -hmm. committed adultery in your heart. Like I would see that as not a nice statement, but it is kind, you know? So yes. I'm trying to learn more about what does that look like? Speaking the truth in love. Yeah, man. Sometimes we are too hard on people and on ourselves and the kindness yeah. you know brings that down 
to understand the love of God and the presence of God in our lives and how he has accepted us. Now, yes. your testimony is one of the most uh, crazy testimony and you have detailed it in your book and our viewers you can see Sean, uh, Rashon's uh, book right now on the screen now where have you seen God use difficult or messy parts of your story for good and what would you say to someone who is struggling to see that in their own lives awesome well you know for me personally my journey has been literally, I don't deserve to be where I am. And I'm sure many people listening, watching in right now, they will say the same thing about themselves. Um, but here's one thing I know, but by the grace of God, I am who I am, such as Paul said, I am who I am by the grace of God. And I remember looking back through the uh, corridor of my history into the miserable moments of me being a fourth grader, being told by a teacher to never pick up a pen and write again. Your writing is pathetic. That's what she said to me. And I held on to that. And because of that, a result of that, I tried to prove myself to people all over, my dad, my coaches, my friends. And that led me down a rabbit hole where I wanted to be prideful. And it's beautiful how, you know, God used all that and he redeemed it. That's why he causes all things to work together for the good of those he loves and now i'm able to share that testimony and not only that i can point back to christ because you know one the same guy that was told he shouldn't pick up a pen and write again just finished his book that's out in different stores all across the united states and different even canada i believe but i'm so grateful that that's what the grace of god can do in your life so just remember even when you see yourself as utterly insufficient, remember what Jesus said, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength and that he will fulfill everything. He, he will give you everything you need to fulfill the promise, the call that he's laid out for you, the plan. The next question here, how can someone who is listening right now take their next step in faith uh, uh, where it is for the very first time or the first time in a long time for example beautiful hey it's this simple guys and i'm here for for you i used to get this all the time brother doc whenever i was in the county jail working as a uh, detention officer i would have people all types of people uh women who were thunder cheerleaders nba cheerleaders who had just got a dui they were at the lowest point of their life and you know their career was shambles this and that and then i also parallel with that would have guys who just got in for murder heinous crimes and i would go to both of them alike and ask them hey would you be considered cons would you consider the gospel me sharing jesus and what he's done for you and his love for you and uh, this is what they would always say they would would never fail but my dirt is too dirty for God. What would God want to do with me? Let me get my life together. And I wanna let you know, listen, if that's the case, that will never happen. You won't just get your life together and perfect and in order. That's what Jesus came to do. So all you have to do is call upon the Lord. The Bible says, anyone who calls upon the Lord shall be saved. So if you call upon him with a broken and a contrite heart, says the book of Psalms, he will answer your prayer. He's faithful and just 
you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. And I just want to encourage someone out there uh, today. You know, this place of brokenness you're in may be the very thing drawing you to the Lord because he's already been calling you. Amen. 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 Now, you, you know, your book is very powerful. Start where you are. That is a big statement right there. That is a yeah. big, big, big step. Start where you are, wherever you are, whatever you've been through, whatever you've done. The Lord says, start where you are. Now, how can people get this book? Because people are asking uh, here in Canada. I know it's in our uh, Baines and Nobles, so people know. But how can people access this book? Do they go to your website? Do you want them to go to Amazon? Can you just talk to us about where people can get this book? Because I feel like it is a very important book in this season we are living in. Amen, bro. Amen. Yeah, you literally can go in where books are sold online. Uh, I'm not sure if they're in your local stores, but what you can also do, Amazon's a great place to go purchase it. I think that's probably one of the best or places I would prefer to buy it. And then startwhereyouarebook.com if you want to actually go to the website and check out some of the goodies that you may be able to receive by getting the book. So. And then before I ask my brother, uh, Pastor Ashon Copeland, to pray with us here, what I'm going to do is I have actually a copy of his book, Start Where You Are. How God meets you in your mess, loves you through it, and leads you out of it. I will be giving a copy away to anyone who is going to email right now. Right now, email one important thing that this man of God shared that touched your life. And I'll make sure that we get you at that book. Start where you are. Our God meets you in your mess, loves you through it, and leads you out of it. Man of God, I want you to help us right now and uh, just uh, proclaim a blessing. I just want you to pray for somebody who is listening, somebody who is watching in Africa, in Canada, in the United States, all around the world. And they are there. They've heard your testimony. You once held a gun to your head, trying to take your life out. And the Lord did a work in you and you continue to inspire many people. I just want you to release life into that person that is going through something right now go right ahead amazing so father god lord we just thank you for the power that is in your word or you mm -hmm. say the grass withers and the flowers fade but it's your word that shall stand forever help us to be people who not only are drawn to hear your word and incline the ear to our heart to your voice but help us to be people who live it out who really trust and believe in you god and your promises in your heart that's already been laid out before the world by sending your one and only son to die on the cross and rise again on the third day with all power in his hands so god thank us for that liberating truth for setting us free from sin and darkness and giving us a new life and a new hope and a new savior for all eternity god we just thank you and we seal this prayer in the mighty name of jesus Amen. That is uh, Rashawn Copeland, a powerful man of God. We're going to have him once again on this program. I know if you saw a little bit of a glitch in our system there, we're working on that so that we bring you the best programs ever, best men of God that God has touched their lives. We are so thankful that you have watched the program. My brother, thank you for coming on the program as well. 
and we will see you next time on this program. For those now who are out there, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, may the Lord watch over you, and thank you for continuing to watch K Amina Unstoppable Faith here on KITV. Shalom, shalom. God bless you. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Thank you for tuning in to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. If this program has been a blessing to you, write to us at life at kazumbacharles.com and share your testimony.